What's up? This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. <sighs> Wednesday. Happy hump day. Hope everybody's having a good week. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, do me a favor and subscribe and like this video. Uh, and then hit the bell too for the notifications. If you enjoy the content that I'm putting out, if you hit that bell, it'll let you know whenever I'm about to do a live stream. So if you're getting something out of this, I would suggest you do it. Um, also too, if you're on Facebook, uh, uh, like and share this video, the algorithms on most of these platforms aren't very nice unless you're paying them. So I really depend on people sharing this content out, uh, you know, so we can get, uh, other people able to see this, uh, cause I believe a lot of the content that I'm putting out is really important for other people to hear and to, uh, check out. So if you could do that, I would greatly appreciate it. And, uh, also, too, what else do I got? What else do I got? Uh, the website. If you want to check me out on my website, you can go to nowhere to go but up pod.com. Uh, all the other places to catch me, uh, my link tree, there's tons of links in there, uh, from documentaries to, um, a 30 minute consultation. If you have any kind of podcasting needs or thinking about, uh, having a podcast and, you know, maybe you want some information or a little bit of direction, feel free to hit me up on a 30 minute uh, call and, uh, I will walk you through that and uh, try to help you uh, on your journey. Uh, other than that, uh, if you want to email the show, you can as well at nowhere to go but up now at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, if you have any suggestions, if you uh, you know like what I'm putting out, if you don't like what I'm putting out, you know, let me know. Uh, shoot me some feedback. I would definitely appreciate it. So after we get back, uh, or after I play the intro for you guys, uh, I am going to have my ex on, uh, and well, she's the mother of my daughter first, um, uh, my first daughter, which, uh, I haven't seen since she was 11 months old. I had told everybody in my mind, it was 18 months, but she corrected me the other day and it's been a, since she was 11 months old. So that's, that was a long time ago, man. Um, so yeah, she's going to be on, we're just going to you know, talk a little bit about her story, where she's at. And then, uh, I'm going to give her the opportunity to, um, basically, uh, let me know how I negatively impacted her life or positively or, or how I impacted her life in general around that time, you know, of my addiction and going through all of the, the crap that I was going through and putting her through, uh, I just, I would like to hear, um, I would like to hear it. So anyways, after these messages, that's coming up. Sean Dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a longtime methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. And this is Sean Dustin.
couldn't find the one I was looking for to share. I'm trying to share this uh, out onto the Facebook groups as well as, you know, on Clubhouse. So, hi, Angelina. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Uh, here, let me get out of that real quick and go back over to Clubhouse because we're piped in on the audio over there of this broadcast. So, it's been a long time. 21 years. That's a long time. So how have you been? <laughs> I'm good. Moving forward, doing the best that I can Yeah. with uh, certain situations that are at hand right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I, I, you've, I know some of those situations and, uh, you know, you can definitely get into this and talk about that, um, if you want at some point. But, uh, let's let everybody know a little bit about you, who, who you are, um, what you do. Uh, if you have any, you know, stories that you want to, uh, you know, clue me in on, you know, as, as kind of this pertains to, you know, how we came, you know, kind of crashing into each other, you know, 20 years ago when we were a lot younger and a lot, uh, well, I was really immature at the time, um, for my sides, I can only speak for me and, uh, yeah. And then we'll get into, um, maybe a little bit about how I impacted you, you know, when you came across me and I came into your life, um, you know, cause I know that I know from my my perspective, how I, I saw it, but it's completely different seeing it, you know, hearing it from somebody else's perspective, who was actually the one who was the recipient. Well, I will say one of the greatest gifts you gave me is our daughter. She, uh, she, she definitely made me grow up in many ways. And, uh, Gosh, it's just been so long, so now all the emotions are coming to the surface because I know this is going to be very beneficial for you, for her, for me, and uh, very healing on so many levels. So they're going to be raw emotions, and um, she's – you kind of got me right now. (laughs) It's all right. Take your time. It's been a journey. I will say that how you impacted my life uh, from 21 years ago, you know, it, that was a challenging time moving into being a single parent, struggling uh, to make ends meet, living the life that I was living and then trying to protect my daughter. And uh, I look back at all the experiences and all the things that she's been through till this day. And it's like, I did the best that I could with what I knew how. And, um, but before we get into the seriousness of all of that, I will say this, I have, I'm a certified yoga teacher, received my, um, 200 and 300 hour certification, certified life coach. I have, uh, I am one of 49 in the United States to teach and transmit these ancient esoteric Dharma practices, meditation, a a Dharma meditation instructor, practitioner, and been doing a lot of my own personal internal homework as well. So it's been quite the journey. My, my life, my, my whole life has opened up to see the world on such a deeper level. 
mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And then also just learning to find forgiveness of my past and the people who's crossed my path in life, including you. So that's a little bit that I can share right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that that's really that, that's interesting what you what you kind of got into um with the with the healing and the the um the how do you know, the yoga and and all of that i mean you're pretty kind of high up in the level of what you're what you do there right well uh it depends on what level you you say i've just been practicing it for nearly 17 years and it it's yoga really makes you it forces you to look deep within yourself you know because we we're, we're energy we vibrate in energy and when the mirrors are turned inwards you have no choice but to look at your to look at yourself look at your shadow side and try to unravel the riddle of your life as to why I attract the things that I attracted to in my life you know my our daughter, being one of the greatest gifts that has ever been given to me. There's nothing in the world that compares to that. I knew that if I, if I didn't work on myself, that karma could get passed down to my child. And, um, there's things that I've seen. I look at her and she's like a mirror image of me and she struggles. So I know the importance of working on myself so that that energy can, um, help her to evolve as i get stronger she gets stronger as i heal she heals uh as i move forward she can move forward in life makes sense peacefully peacefully balanced you know in every aspect of her life yeah i tried to do yoga when i was in prison and uh it was cool we did some uh some hot yoga uh i think it was uh oh I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was some, some sort of, I guess there's different practices like Ashtanga or, you know, the vinyasa. Di- yeah, the vinyasa or all these different types. Right. Um, and so we did it in, in prison. So it was, it was interesting. Uh, it helped my digestion, digestion quite a bit. It helps with so much stuff. <laughs> yeah. It force it forces you to go deep. I mean, cause there's so much blocked up energy. Well, trauma gets locked up in your body. And when you are sitting in the asanas, which is the seat of the posture, you you allow yourself to uh, go into a state of meditation. So whatever posture that you're sitting in, wherever you have those blockages within your body, uh, you breathe. You use your breath. Pranayama is your life force. You use that breath to push out that blocked up chi energy. And... I personally have experienced profound experience. And then uh, when I work on um, my students, helping them in the postures as well to push out that negative energy. And some people, you lose it. You literally lose it and the emotions start to pour out. And sometimes you experience, like I have, uh, when you're in that posture, tears uncontrollable tears start to come out and then the memory of that trauma that was suppressed begin to come to the surface so that you can release it and heal yourself. Hmm. 
It's pretty powerful stuff. Even even just going into the deep meditation, I started out by chanting mantras. I had, uh, gosh, this was probably back in 2004. I was one day went to uh, a woman's shamanistic group. And when a bunch of women come together, you create a synergy. And, 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 you're, and they had us write out affirmations, prayers. You send that out there. They had some drumming at that time. It was like a, a little female Native American circle. And eventually, all that energy just kind of woken my spiritual side up. And I started getting guided to all these teachers and mentors and eventually became a Reiki, became a certified Reiki teacher. Got my one, two, three, and Reiki master certification. After I received all those certifications, I was guided to my teacher. He was uh, Master Master Yu. He was a guru. He's the 49th Mahavarachona, Golden Crown, Enlightened Dharma King. When I went to him, I became his student, received all these incredible blessings and teachings, or so I thought, <laughs> because when you receive these teachings, you are so forced to look at yourself and face your truth and face your shadow side. And uh, it's been a hell of a journey, I'll say. You know, you have no choice but to look at yourself and see the changes that need to be made. And then you begin to heal yourself and your energy. You, Me personally, I started to feel my vibration shift. I started to see the friends that I used to have around me started to drop off like flies. And then I started attracting different vibration, uh, different vibrational energies around me, different people around me. And uh, it awakens you. In, in, in seeing life as it truly is. And then the importance of learning to forgive, your, uh, to forgive yourself and unravel the riddle and mysteries of your own life and your karmic destiny in life. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's really what it's all about is, you know, and as, so we've got, we've got some comments coming from my friend Lona, uh, who has a podcast called Recovery Soul Food. And then also Pamela, who is a, uh, a hypnotherapist, um, who's a fan of the show. Hi guys. How are you? Thank you for stopping in and, uh, and checking out the show and your support. Uh, so. Pamela had a question. She said, does your daughter do any of these same healing practices? Right now, well, right now she is seeing a uh, therapist. And she has been seeing a therapist for the last two years. And um, she used to be surrounded by it, but she was a young child. And I think right now she is a little... Yeah, and she's taken a step back, allowing herself to be 21 years old, enjoy life the best way that she possibly can. But she is seeing a therapist right now. Anything that has to do, how you doing, Pamela? <laughs> Anything that has to do with the spiritual side of it, she stays away from for good reason. But obviously, most people don't know the story, mm -mm. the deeper side of it. And I'm sure 
you know, in due time, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So growing, let's see, where do I want, where do I want to, which, which way do I want to go with this? Um, so I, I know a little bit about your, your past, right? A little bit about, you know, your history, um, from, you know, the, the, the clouded time that, that I spent in, in that period of my life. Right. And well, not all of it was cloudy, but some of it was for sure. Um, and, uh, like I remember you, your mom wasn't in your life. Your biological mom wasn't in your life growing up. Right. Yeah. I actually reconnected with her this last year for the first time in nearly 15 years. This this meeting was a very, very powerful and healing experience for me. And I realized the importance of keeping your connection to your parents. We, the older generation tends to hold on and not let go of the hate, the anger, the, just the negativity itself. It's a different mindset. But with all the work that... um with all the work that I have been doing these last 15 years, internal homework, and it's never ending. Like this is once you make the choice to begin to look at yourself, this is something that is going to be a continued journey till the day you die. We're always going to be looking back, trying to make corrections on certain decisions that we made, certain things that are hidden within, within our spirits, in our bodies. They, they'll surface unexpectedly, get triggered. And with my mother, when I made that conscious decision to, okay, I'm going to open myself up to her. And I remember this was on my, my sister had called me and goes, Hey, Ange, you know, mom could really help you through, through this challenging time. And I was like, I was actually getting ready to do a hearing online on zoom. I, uh, with uh, my ex-husband and I was really scared and nervous because everything was so fresh with what we were experiencing. And I finally kind of just surrendered to it. I was like, okay, I'm going to open myself up to my mom. I let, I let her in energetically. And I won't forget that day because I was sitting in my hairstylist chair and I'm sitting there texting my sister back and forth. And I made that decision. And then my sister's like, I'm on the phone with mom right now. And then mom's going back and forth with, with my sister. And at that moment, this was so such a powerful moment because by making that conscious decision to open up and connect with my mother, something phenomenal took place. It was almost like this light that came through my body. And at that moment, I felt my mother's presence. I felt my heart connect to hers. And I actually started crying in that chair. And I was telling my hairstylist, I'm like, oh my God, I could feel my mom. I could totally feel my mom. I'm highly sensitive, highly intuitive, extremely empathic. And a lot of that has been suppressed through the trauma of um, my marriage and my divorce. And um, I realized the importance of needing to be connected to my mother and my family and my ancestors. Because when you have that, that immeasurable support of your family surrounding you, when um, my daughter and I were so isolated for so long, uh, nothing compares to that feeling. When that 
energy starts to flow through. Yeah. I, it's, you know, having had, uh, uh, another, another daughter and she's, uh, four, almost four now. Um, you know, I never really, because, you know, you hear adults talking, you know, as you're growing up and, you know, they talk about, oh, well, you know, there's no love like, you know, the love for your child. And you, when you hear that, you're just like, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever you're saying, you know, I, I have no clue and I don't want to find out. And then it happens and you have your own and everything kind of changes, right? You know, unfortunately for me, when, you know, we had, uh, you know, uh, Elizabeth, which her name, her real, her name is Jordan Elizabeth. And then I don't, it, it changed or does she change? It's still Jordan or she just go by Elizabeth. She just goes by Elizabeth. So, you know, it was, uh, shit. I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> that happens she, from time to time. Yeah. She is, um, yeah, she was Jordan Elizabeth, and when she, her freshman year, she wanted to change her name to Elizabeth because it was her way of letting go of the past and the pain. And um, of my first divorce with my first husband, but I'll let her, when that time comes, share that story because that's that's her story alone to share. And um, yeah, yeah, some of the family members, you know, Grandpa likes to call her JoJo. Some people are just not used to it, but now that I look at her, I mean, she's, she's Elizabeth and, and she's beautiful and she's feisty. She very, she has a elegance to her and, um, she's, she's just a beautiful, sweet, strong, independent, uh, soul. Well, I, I, from what I've talked to her on the phone and, you know, we've been texting back and forth probably, I mean, we started texting like how long ago, probably like four years ago or we were on Instagram friend. We weren't texting, but Instagram, I've I've had her in my Instagram for a, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then we lost touch for a while. And then now, you know, like I said, a couple, um, couple weeks ago, I, I just remember sitting there. I had a moment where I was in, in my meditation and uh, one of my friends suggested, write this, write these affirmations down. One of my affirmations was just asking, asking the universe, asking the heavens, please help me find a solution to help my daughter to heal from what she has experienced in this lifetime. And two days later, it's like I just got this download that I need to reach out to you. There is nothing more powerful than a mother and a father who have been separated for as long as we have coming together, coming from a place of coming from a place of love and positivity. You know, you've been doing your work. I've been doing my work to help wrap our consciousness around our daughter so that she can rise from her traumatic experience and move forward. And somehow after connecting with you, obviously, you know, when I, when I spoke to you on the phone, you were a little apprehensive at first and I had to take a deep breath and all right, explain certain things. You know, I'm not what's in the past is in the past between us. I'm calling you because I need your help. I need your help. 
to heal our daughter. And uh, it took me a day or two. You know, I was kind of getting a feel for you. And it wasn't until the second day that we talked that I finally opened up to tell you what what was happening, what has happened to her. What has taken place with her is something that no child should ever experience in this lifetime. No child should, or any lifetime, or no child should experience, period. And she has. She has gone to the most darkest, darkest place. And to see her now slowly coming out of her shell and sharing her experience little by little makes me very proud of the strength and courage that she has. And she's a part of you. She's a part of me. So there's obviously something in the both of us that we did not see in our younger days. And now we're coming out of it in in hopes of helping our child to heal. Yeah. uh, I I, I was apprehensive. I'm not going to lie. You know, I I remembered things a certain way. You know, actually, you know, I mean, aside from I'm like, I don't, I don't ever think you ever did anything, uh, you know, bad to me, um, you know, other than, but I mean, that wasn't bad. You, you know, uh, petitioning to have my rights terminated. That wasn't necessarily bad. I mean, I guess you could look at it in a lot of different ways, but I mean, at that time in my life, I think I got served those papers while I was had a DUI, um, you know, uh, and got beat up by the cops because I was, you know, I was just out, I was just out of control. Like I literally got beat up by the cops when they when when they uh, pulled when they pulled me over. I was literally when they saw me. I just came from Cheetahs, uh, and I was uh, I had my head was I was driving, but my head was my chin was on my, on my, on my chest and I was asleep and the cops pulled up on the side of me and they hit the lights and they, woo, woo, and I like came to, and then this is actually in a police report. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, hi. And I pulled over and they uh, pulled me out of the car. I couldn't even stand up on my own. Um, so like the whole time I'm like nodding out and my head's going back when they tried to say that I tried to headbutt the cops and they beat the living crap out of me. Um, and so anyways, I was, I got those papers while I was in there and I, like, I had a lot of time to think about it. And, um, you know, when I got out, there was a court date and I, I didn't remember this. You jogged my memory about this, uh, the evening before that court date, but, um, I just convinced myself that she'd be better off without me. Um, I was making excuses. I was justifying in my mind uh, the, the horrible decision I was getting ready to make basically. Um, and you know, I was like, Oh, well at least I'll get out of paying child support and you know, all this other stuff. And so those were just like my justifications for, you know, well, this is for, for making that decision. And I was actually partying the night before. And you said you saw me at your, at your club or, you know, where you were working and, uh, previously. And so, did you think that I was going to show up or or not? It was questionable. I mean, I seen you, but I was like, hmm. And, and I stayed away from you. And I was like, you were partying. I was concerned that you were going to show up. I didn't want you to show up. Not because I knew, because I knew that uh, 
you staying in her life would not be healthy with the lifestyle that you were living and the road that you were going down. And I was already living in Los Angeles at that time, and I was down there for um, to go to court. And the very next day when I did go to court, you didn't show up. So many mixed emotions, anger, resentment, feelings of abandonment, and just kind of like, a, all right, F you, sayonara. But at the same time, I felt like I had closure. But then the emotions of like, okay, she is going to lose her biological father because he's choosing to live a life of um, his addiction. And uh, at that time, I was getting, I was already in a relationship and it seemed, he seemed much healthier. And uh, we were able to move forward from there and, and start a new life. And then you kind of just faded. We were in contact. I think we had spoken a few times after that. But uh, eventually it just disappeared. Like just disappeared off the face of the earth. Never to be heard. And then I did listen to your, your story. Your story on that um, podcast. And it gave me a deeper understanding of what you experienced and what happened to you. And it's so unfortunate. It really is. You know, my heart goes out to you for having experienced all of that. Because I can only imagine, like, the pain that we carry as children follows us into our adult life. And if we don't seek the right help, it's going to continue to follow us and we're going to continue to live a life of destruction and self-sabotage and um, hurting the people, not only hurting yourself, but hurting the people around you. That's why it is so important. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody needs a therapist. <laughs> everybody needs some somebody to just talk to, express your heart, express your feelings, express your emotions because everybody has experienced some sort of trauma from their childhood into their adult life. Communication is number one key to moving forward in life. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, sometimes some, even though I talk all the time, I have a hard time communicating sometimes, um, outside of, of, of this medium, it's kind of, it's, it's really weird. Um, and this is like, like therapy for me as well. Uh, you know, talking to people and, you know, other folks that have gone through, you know, traumatic things in their life and like, how do they get through it? And, you know, bringing other, you know, people like coaches and mental health counselors and, you know, anybody, anybody that like, if I'm struggling with somebody, something, I will try to get somebody on here to, to walk me through it, you know, like, in, but you know what? That's what makes the best healers out there is the people who have experienced severe trauma. Once you work through it and you've done your internal homework and it's a life, like I said, it's a lifelong thing. As you continue to heal yourself and then you're in service to help heal others and you have the background, you have the experience. So those people, so the life that you lived and the things that you've experienced in, in life, you'll be able to help them because you know what it's like to be in that position. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. 
And, it's, and it goes the same thing for what I've been through in my life and what my daughter's been through. And she's only 21 now. So I can only imagine as she is going to therapy for her life experience. And she's young. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The impact that she is going to make later on down the road, if she chooses to, you know, it, it, it's going to serve well to help others. No, absolutely. And, um, I don't, you think it's about time because we've been brushing around, uh, that this, you know, subject of, you know, what she's gone through and her, you know, uh, her stuff. Do you want to, I'll just say, okay, because she has been uh, posting the, uh, mm-hmm. posting a few things on TikTok as she is coming out and she's using her voice and she's doing it in such a beautiful, creative way because she matches up the music with the captions and it's just showing her as being a free spirit. And this is what I experienced coming out of a seven year, um, sexual abuse and, uh, it was ritualistic sexual abuse by somebody that we trusted. Now, when, when you say ritualistic, what is for the people out there that don't understand he, what that means? He, he was involved in, um, oh gosh, it's not the religion that is bad. I will say that. It's the individual that turns the religion and uses the religion for power. He put himself in a position of power and leadership and authority, and he abused that. People would go to him for help, and he claimed him, he, he, he called himself a life coach, and people would go to him for help, as I did. I actually went to him for help when I was sick with toxic mold weighing 94 pounds and he helped lift me out of that but he also used that opportunity to hypnotize and manipulate and con me and um, groom and set himself up for a very long um, path of controlling others as I eventually became his wife. But that's a story for another day. Yeah. When, you know, first of all, I mean, hearing that when I heard it, um, I was in a Costco parking lot and, uh, I, I, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, dude, what, what do I do with this? Um, what can you say? You, you can't. Know. You just just listen. That's people. Everybody. Everybody else in life has stories. Everybody's stories are different. Sometimes the best thing to do is to just listen, and that in itself is healing. You being the father to my daughter, and my, like I said, my goal is to come back to you is to help our child to heal. Yeah. 
you're you're breaking up just a little bit there. And by doing so. Yeah, I caught I caught some of that, but you were like break- I said, my ultimate goal. No, okay. I, I caught some of that, but you were breaking up a little bit um on that. So uh you said your your ultimate goal. My ultimate goal of connecting back to you because you are the father of my daughter is for us to come together to help our child to heal from what she has been exposed to. Yeah, but it, it, I I couldn't agree more. But I I know that immediately what started running through my head when I'm like, you know, because there was a, a whole bunch of things just like going, you know that that's always been like my my worst nightmare for for my 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 daughter, you know the my younger one, and you know I think about that, and you know just and also too because I've talked to people, um, and you know child trafficking, sex trafficking, and all that stuff is super scary and super and really prevalent. I mean, people really don't know how how uh, common it is yeah. so common. Yeah. And it's, it's like heart, it's heartbreaking. I have heard stories of parents trafficking their own children. Yeah. And you would never know it. It could be your neighbor next door. It could be your coworker. And everybody's just going about their daily life. And and, and nobody knows what people are truly truly uh, experiencing and suffering behind closed doors. No, for That's, sure. That's why it's just so important, you know, kindness is powerful. And when you are kind to somebody and you see somebody that um, they, they may be in a situation that you know nothing about, and all it is is just sharing a little bit of your, a little bit of your light, and you might get somebody to open up. Mm. and uh save a life yeah for sure and that's you know telling your story i mean that's why i tell mine you know because i you know you never know by not telling it whose life you didn't save right you could save somebody's life by telling your story that could be you know the the what they needed to hear to keep them going another day you know? That's what I was telling uh, Elizabeth the other day because um, she she w- she's creating those little TikTok videos sharing her story and her experience, and she's like, "Mom, I'm not doing this for attention." Which I, you know, I was like, "No, this is very powerful. It's very healing." She's doing this as a diary for herself, and and I told her, I was like, "Keep doing it. If this is what's helping you to heal, keep." doing it. You never know. There could be a child on the other side of that screen, looking at their phone, surfing through TikTok, going through all these different videos, and they stumble upon yours. And they're in the very similar situation as what you have come out of. And they watch your video. And you might just start, you might just shine a little light into their heart, like I did, uh, of somebody who's going through that type of abu- abuse. And they might actually speak up about it. Yeah, no, that that's that's one hundred percent why 
I do what I do and I'm sure you do what you do and you know, the, the healing things that you're, you're a part of and, and that you help facilitate as well as, you know, what she's also getting involved in and, you know, will be doing, even though it's, if it's not, you know, what exactly she set out to do, that's the impact it will have. Um, you know, going forward. So I was proud of her too. Um, you know, it, uh, it, it takes a lot to be able to put yourself out there like that for the whole world to see and judge and, you know, and whatever it is they do with it, you know, hopefully most people are, are kind and, and compassionate and uh, empathetic, but you know, we live in a we've, we've had through, through this life experience, we, we've actually experienced immeasurable, immeasurable support. I mean, I'm just blown away by the support that we have because when all of this came to light, um, the army of help, the army of love, the army of support from Los Angeles to the United Kingdom, London, to Tibet, mm -hmm. the Palace of Palat, and all these incredible practitioners that are a part of my lineage in India, those temples out there, when they heard of what took place with my child and I, the prayers that came in, oh my God, it was powerful. And it was almost like all this information and download, just like, okay, this is what needs to be done. This is where we need to go. This is just there's nothing that nothing in the world that could express that that kind of support that energy that came in was amazing and i and i feel protected i feel supported and now it's just the being able to focus on on elizabeth to help mm. her heal her because she got it pretty bad she just as the therapy continues and the things that unfold you know as a mother i don't want to hear these things it just makes me cringe inside and it hurts. And then on top of that, dealing with the emotions of guilt. How could I have subjected my child to this type of um, abuse? How did I not protect her? How did I not see it? See all these things that I'm dealing with as a mother. And then on top of that, the ultimate betrayal of realizing that I wasted these last 10 years living with a monster where there was truly no love. It was all a facade, a complete illusion. I should not trust anybody because of that. But if anything, I'm learning to um, trust myself and learning my self-worth and learning to love myself and heal and just giving myself that permission to heal so I can become stronger and wiser and make better decisions in the people that I allow around me. Well, I'm definitely sorry that you had to go through that um, and that you went through through that. You know, part of what I was thinking about, you know, as, as all those thoughts were going through my head was, you know, man, I guess this is the consequences, you know, the unseen consequences of bad decisions, uh, in life, right. On my end. So I made a bad decision to not show up in court and to diss my responsibilities and, and abandon basically, uh, my, my daughter, 
you know, you were already gone out of the picture. Um, who knows what, what would have happened if I would have went to court, but you know, all I can say is that, you know, I abandoned my daughter. So that decision to do that now affected her because now she doesn't, I mean, I don't know the situation, but I can imagine it probably, you know, she probably thought that I didn't care about her or didn't, you know, want to, want to be a part of her life or, you know, whatever it is, you know, and I'm sure we'll go over that when we talk, uh, when I see her. Um, but you know, had like, if I would have made a different decision that day, would this, would this have changed? Could I have been there to, to, you know, not allow this to happen? You know what I mean? So like, even if, even if like, like if we're not, not that we're together, but if I was like, still, she was coming to see me every weekend and doing the normal things, you know, I wonder if that would have, Oh, no doubt she would have had a different life path. You know, I would have never met that individual. If if I wasn't sick with toxic mold at that time, I mean, obviously I was led to uh, seek out help because that's where I was at in my life. I had hit rock bottom. I was going through that divorce with my ex-husband and um, I was seeking out something. I'm like, okay, I need help. I need to find the right people who are going to help me come out of this. And for whatever reason, I was guided to, to this individual. If I could have made it, if, if I wasn't sick with toxic mold, I probably would have made a different decision and not go to him. But that was the path that I chose. I can't sit in uh, sorrow. I can't sit in, in, in shame. And that's what happened. It's already happened. All we can do now at this moment is accept what has happened and move forward. Learn to, well, heal, allow yourself to heal, give yourself permission to heal from it because, you know, it it takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. You can't just forget about it and be like, okay, that happened. I mean, that would just be great, but (laughs) it, it, it doesn't happen like that. And we replay certain uh, scenarios, situations in our mind, but then even that's just a waste. And as traumatic as the situation was, the only thing we can do is find that forgiveness. And even that can be challenging. Because for me, in my position as a mother, having learned of the defiled behavior that had happened to such an innocent child, at a very young age, the mama bear comes out. And what does a mama bear do in nature when somebody messes with their cubs? The claws and the fangs come out. So it's having to work through those, through that anger. And it's like, okay, why, you know, having that anger, holding on to that anger, aiming that negative energy and anger towards that individual when I should be focusing on healing my child. You know, most parents would want to seek revenge and vengeance for what this individual has done. And it's hard. It is hard not not to do that. You have, I have, you know, just family and friends that when they heard of this, just, you know, they had their own opinions. But the reality is I surrender to it. I give it to the heavens. I let go 
And as I let go and heal, I notice that my our daughter begins to let go and heal from it too. And um, we're able to move forward. You know, for a while, Elizabeth and I didn't talk, and that just killed me inside. It hurt not having communication with my daughter, but it was part of the process of her healing as she is seeing um, her therapist. Mm -hmm. And she, which her therapist is amazing because I'm seeing Elizabeth's progression as she's growing, as she's healing, and as she's evolving out of this. And there's nothing more beautiful and more radiant than seeing her seeing her smile as she is slowly coming out of this darkness. And then when we come together and spend time with each other, just as we did uh, the other day, there wasn't that tension or that friction. We're able to talk about the experience, what, what happened. And to be able to just listen and zone in on her, I realized the importance of of just being that mother, being, being that mother to listen to her, allow her to speak, not get defensive because at times, you know, mother, 21 year old (laughs) mother and daughter coming together. It can be, it, it can be very challenging at times, especially healing from what she's healing from and the anger, just the, just the immense anger. And, and that made me even more angry that, this person created division between me and my child. And all I wanted to do was help her. But sometimes you have to just step back, let them go through what they're going to go through, do my part to heal myself from the trauma and the PTSD, whether it's, you know, for me working out my anger and aggression, doing, um, through, through, uh, fitness, lifting weights, Yoga, meditation. Meditation is something that I do every single day. Sitting in prayer, sitting in silence. Hasn't been easy. It is not easy. But it is definitely rewarding when you sit there and self-reflect and allow yourself to face um, those hard truths that you don't want to face. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And part of the reason why we're here, you know, I have to be able to hear, you know, another side of, of my perspective, you know what I mean? The perspective from somebody else who was there, you know, cause I, I have, I tell my, my story and I, you know, I don't know. Did you, yeah, you did. You listened to that three hour long one. That was a long one, man. That's probably the best one that I've done so far. Um, you got detailed into that. I, 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 I'm just, holy cow. You really, you really, after, after, after we parted ways and losing your daughter, I realized as I was listening to you in that just, it helped me to understand how much pain you were in, but you had to go down that path for yourself. And, and I'm, and I'm very happy to see that you are coming out of it. You are growing up, you're maturing from it and you're healing. Most importantly, you're healing from it. 
Yeah, I'm trying to. It's uh it's not easy, man. That that inner work yeah, is is uh is tough. Um a lot of it I had to um just you know I that was all kinds of different things. <laughs> and so um you know just turn I, I pray though that you do, you know, find peace and make peace with your father because every every child may, needs needs both their parents in their life. You know, when I, when I was listening to that podcast, it's, it, and, I, and this is something I knew about you way back when we were together, just the pain that you were holding on into your, in your heart with your dad not being around, you know, and our parents are old school, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard. They, they're old school. They're stubborn and um, they're set in their ways. So sometimes we have to navigate around them to be able to connect with them in a different, um, in a different way. Yeah. we still, we talk, I, I talked to him on father's day. Um, we just, uh, I, I don't know. It's, we're just, uh, what's the word I could, I would use for that. Um, like I just don't put a whole lot of expectations on him. You know what I mean? It's like, and I don't actually really, I don't put a whole lot of expectations on anybody anymore, you know, cause that's all, that's just a disaster for failure right there. You know what I mean? And disappointment when you expect things from people, but with him, I'm just like, well, look, I mean, I know, I know what to expect from you and I know that I'm not going to be disappointed at the end of the day, you know? And so it's mm-hmm. like you said, it's, it's, it's navigating how to deal with people. You know, once you learn how to, how to deal with certain, you know, personalities or individuals, you know, your life becomes a little bit more easier because you stop just worrying about anything that has to do with that. So, but yeah, it, uh, it, I, I, I do, you know, I was, uh, I, that movie, oh, what the hell's in it with Kevin Costner and the field of dreams, that movie mm-hmm. always got me because uh, it's a, you know, it's about his dad, and he gets yeah. to come back and play uh, play catch with his dad like he never got to do or, or whatever it was. So yeah, that one always got me. Also, that Johnny Depp movie, the one where he blow, where mm-hmm. you know he his daughter and it was centered around that daughter. Oh man, that that movie I would lose it every time that movie would come on because <laughs> you can relate to that. Yeah. Um, and you, it, you, you definitely lived a life of self-sabotage and self-destruction. And that, and then just having met you at the time uh, that I did, what was I, what, 18 years old? Was it 18? Um, was it 18? I, don't, I was like, where, where, did we, where, did, where did we meet at? Oh. Because uh, I remember, I remember, I was living with Melissa. Probably, probably through mutual, uh, just probably one of those parties. Yeah, because I was living at Melissa's, and I remember Greg had went to prison, and I was staying there because, uh, uh, oh, to help her pay the to keep the house. So I was helping renting a room from her, but I don't remember a whole like I was just always partying, wasn't I? Like when yeah, you, I don't, I, you, you were, yeah, you were partying 24 seven and how I was, how we were brought together. I don't know because I wasn't into that lifestyle, but for whatever reason, we just kind of came together. And then after that, we moved in within, within, uh, moved in with each other shortly after that. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, but I knew I was hanging out with some, like, you know, like Rich and Leo and like all, all the people that I was hanging out with. I mean, those were some, they were into some stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, you know that I mean? was another. That's another lifetime ago. Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, just like just you know, from selling drugs to to you know all of the illegal stuff that you know we were doing, going to different parties and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was crazy, man. I re- I remember like times when I would be hanging out and not coming home. You know, I remember I remember one time. Uh, I think I was, I, I was hanging out somewhere, uh, at an after party and I came home and all my clothes were on the, that was, remember the, uh, the, uh, the townhouse, uh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I just, just did a lot of like stuff, man. I was super, I was super self-centered for one. Um, now when you, when you got pregnant with her, with, uh, Elizabeth, I know we were living in, I think we were living in that townhouse. It was right before we moved to Vegas. And the reason why we moved to Vegas, I, I thought it was because, uh, I got into it with, um, Marvin and that was the crazy dude who like, I didn't know if we cross paths again, if I'd live or he, you know what I mean? I figured I'd be the one that ended up dying. So I'm like, let's get out of here. Uh, or, do did I am I remembering it right? Yep, I remember that. You wanted to get out of town. Hell yeah, because I was a coward. And, and quite <laughs> honest, quite honestly, I I was looking for. I'm like, we need to get away from these people. It's just not healthy. I didn't like that lifestyle. I hated it. I just wanted to be happy. I wanted to be balanced, and I just wanted to have like a normal relationship. But it was near impossible living in that town and you always disappearing, going off to party and for days on end. And, um, obviously we move out to Vegas. I was pregnant and things didn't get any better because once I learned that Leo was living out there, I was like, Oh, great. He's, it just follows you. There's because you, you guys had a bromance and it just felt like, okay, you, you didn't want to move forward in, in living in actual normal relationship and ha- have a future and raise a child together. You know, I was 21. You were what, 25 or something? No, I was 20, 20, 21 when I had her. And then you were 25 or something. And we're young. We just, mm. we were young, made terrible decisions and um, sabotaged ourselves and each other and and eventually it's just we parted ways and and i just knew i had to do what i needed to do to protect my child from that lifestyle so let me ask you this question did you ever at any point when you look back go god you know did i do the right thing what you know by by at the the right thing at the right time, but then when you start thinking back on things, do you think like, damn, I, I wonder if I shouldn't have done that? Did you ever? Did you on, ever on on what on what on I'm oh, sure on, on having on having uh, my my rights terminated? Oh hell no! I wanted your rights terminated. I did because I didn't want to deal with the heartache and the headache of going her going back and forth and you. Um, I I just. At that time, I did not see you coming out of that. I didn't see you 
trying because you I, I have known you to never have a normal job <sighs> you had been living that lifestyle and i'm like okay there's gonna be no improvement in this and it was heartbreaking because it's just like you know i was young i didn't know any better all i knew was to protect my child from that lifestyle mm-hmm. so i don't regret that decision you know and i don't i don't hate you mm-hmm. for for um that how things unfolded i had to do what i needed to do because by i i wanted to cut that cord and just have a clean slate and move forward because i felt like i don't want the child support because you know what i see this even till this day parents going back and forth wanting money for their child the child going back it's that's in itself is drama at that time all i wanted was to just move forward the money didn't mean nothing to me yeah no i and i don't i like i said i've i've always said i, I don't blame you for for that um and what a lot of maybe you guys don't know who are listening to this uh prior to all of this uh how this transpired was um i ended up wrecking her car uh when she went to um california for christmas and it was christmas eve uh when i was out partying i don't remember you telling me that there that you didn't have insurance or that you'd let your insurance. Yes, I did. Did you? I remember that. Did you? I was, yeah, money was tight at that time. I canceled my insurance and I said, just leave my car. Don't touch it. Just pick me up. And when I get back and I get back to work and I start making money again, um, I'm going to get insurance because I, I had canceled the insurance because I wanted to remove you off the car. (laughs) That was such a mistake. Because after that, I was so furious when I had learned that you had wrapped my car around a pole and you had put me in over $15,000 in debt, just like that. And yeah. here I was just trying to move forward in life. So you certainly didn't make my life easy at that time. No, that- All I wanted to do was just get far, far away from you. Yeah, that was actually the can the, the straw that broke the camel's back, though. I mean, so to say, right? And it was like that's it. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> that, that is it. Any ch- any chance? Because I know that we were uh, sort of, somewhat, like work trying ish to work things out, and it was like I knew as soon as I as soon as I hit that pole, I, I thought to myself, I'm like, oh shit, there's there, there, there ain't no, there ain't no recovering from this. <laughs> no, no. Not so at all. yeah. Yeah. So that, 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 that was pre preluded, uh, that. So, I mean, yeah. And I, and I don't blame you. I, ne- I never actually did blame you for that. Um, I mean, what, what could you do? You know, you can only take so much disrespect and, and, uh, you know, lack of, um, I, what would, would that be? Lack of, uh, respect for other people's stuff or, you know, just, just anything. And that's just the kind of dude that I, I had was turning into and even more so, you know, and, it, and like you said, uh, after, after, you know, I lost parental rights, I just kind of went off the deep end and just kept going. And so a lot of the times I, I thought that, I mean, but even, even, but I was even doing that in, uh, uh, you know, when I was in, in Sacramento, man, cause I remember that there was times when like, how many times did I, I black out on GHB driving? 
you know, I remember one, remember one time I lost your ATM card and, uh, I, I had passed out in an intersection with Leo's dog in the back in your car. And I was going to, I don't know, I guess maybe buy some weed or something. I knew that I, I, I could never stay still when I was high. I always had to be out going somewhere or doing something, right? I would just, I couldn't sit still. And so I remember going Boy. to the. <laughs> I sure know how to pick them. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And so I remember, uh, I went to the, to the, uh, to the ATM. The ATM ate your card, never got the money. And then I ended up leaving that ATM and I went and I ended up in a, the middle of an intersection. Uh, your car died. The dog Milan, the Milan, Milan was running around the back. I wake up to a paramedic rubbing my chest and scared the crap out of me. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, what are you doing? Like, what? Like, you've been, you've been here so long in this intersection that the, that your battery is dead. And so I, I was like, well, I mean, you know, I was on GHB. They couldn't. They couldn't uh, detect anything, right? And so I just said, "Well, I'm, I was just tired, and I fell asleep." And like they literally, the the ambulance guys, they they gave me a bump start, and I was able to to move off and go back home. You but, you you seem to have luck on your side on so many things for the things that you've done. Uh, like you definitely have some guardian angels for whatever reason, and for whatever uh, reason you have. Um, you, you survived all these things that would kill a lot of people. Yeah. No, no, no. no, no. Like it's, you, you obviously had to experience all these life experience because whatever is coming for you as you continue to heal, you have this podcast and, you know, allowing it to grow and, and it's helping you to heal as well. Absolutely. So we're at about an hour and five. Um, Anything else that you, oh, by the way, if anybody's interested in, in checking out, uh, Angelina's, um, stuff that she's doing on Instagram, she's got some cool pictures of her doing yoga, uh, on her, uh, what do you call it? Paddleboard? Paddleboard. Yeah. Those are pretty cool, uh, cool pictures. So, uh, you can check her out over, oh, where did it go? Uh, no, that's your, that's your, uh, clothing brand that you're ambassador for, right? Yeah, Savvy.com uh, slash Yogini Angelina is a, um athletic leisure wear. And it's basically wearing and sharing and making a living off of that, as well as empowering each other. And we're always looking for new brand partners to join our, uh, to, to join our tribe and help lift each other up. It's it's quite amazing. It's um, I actually went down to San Diego not too long ago when it was so much fun because all these women, it's just like you're surrounded in so much love and positivity and you get to wear these really just awesome, amazing athletic, you know, yoga wear, fitness, whatever, just everything that go check out the website. You'll see what I'm talking about. And on top of that, I teach yoga right now. I have, I've, taken a step back i took a sabbatical because you know what we experienced needed my full attention and i needed to take time to heal myself and heal my daughter and i did however recently 
I was invited to uh, participate in this um, teaching yoga to over 65 women uh, on this yacht, actually on the dock. And then we went on the yacht later and it was, it was very empowering. All these women coming together and just raising the vibration, supporting each other and sharing their life experiences and, and empowering one, one another as well. So that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. And you can also find her on, she's got a YouTube channel as well and a LinkedIn uh, as well. And actually all of these links are available in the uh, description and we'll be in the show notes when this airs as a podcast. Uh, just all you got to do is go and click it and it'll take you right to all of the spaces where you can find uh, Angelina. One, one question that, uh, oh, yeah, we played that one. Nice. And thank you, Pamela for, and Lona for, uh, asking the questions and participating in the chat. But what, one of the questions I want to ask, and I think it's important um, for parents out there or maybe single mothers out there um, that, uh, you know, thinking back now, as you, you know, hear from Elizabeth, uh, some of, of the story and, you know, what, of what happened to her, she's opening up more to you. Is there anything that she's like, said to you that would now go, Oh, I I thought something was, was like, you know what I mean? You, you might've thought something was off, but then you're just like, eh, maybe not. Um, you mean as a child or when all of this was going on? Yeah. When all this was going on, like any of the signs, oh. any of the signs that you might've missed. <sighs> I saw no sign. She played Pollyanna. This guy was a master hypnotherapist. So he he was just a con artist. And he was certified as a master hypnotherapist. I saw all the certifica- certifications that he had. And he's probably burnt it by now because he doesn't want anyone knowing that he had those abilities. I didn't see any sign whatsoever because she played Pollyanna. She was such a good child, very well behaved, went to school, had um, uh, excellent grades. And then as she got got older, she had a full-time job. And so she was going to college and school. I'm sorry. She was going to college and um, working. I I never saw the signs. Hmm. And... uh, how do you look for those signs when you can't wrap your mind around? Like, who thinks about this when you're in a what you think is a normal relationship? How do you? How, there was nothing for me to see, but now when I look back and I start to connect the dots, that's why that was like that. That's why I got sick. I mean, even two weeks before I left the house. I suffered severe food poisoning that took me to the hospital. He ran me to urgent care. And I had, I realized this man is really, truly trying to kill me. Because I remember the food that he made. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. I remember the food that he made for me that night when I got home from work. That's true. Yes. Yes. Not all religious leaders, but some of them. But it is very common with religious leaders, Pamela. Uh, and, and it just breaks my heart to think that predators put themselves in that position so they can fulfill 
their defiled behavior because nobody would suspect that they are doing what they're doing because they're playing the, they're playing holier than thou. And um, when I look back at Elizabeth, she she was good. She hit it well. She hit it real well. But that's because he created different compartments through his hypnotherapy to hide that and made immeasurable threats to her that if something, if she would ever speak up, that uh, something could happen to me. You know, and it's heartbreaking to think that my child had to live in silence for that long, seven years. Now yeah. she's using her voice, and I'm so proud of her. She's she's moving through it. Mm-hmm. She's moving through it fast, but it's going to take time. It's going to take take years, and it, it really it's it's up to her what she chooses. At the end of the day, she's going to be connecting with you here pretty soon. She has me. I've made it clear to you, clear to her. I'm always here for you. I will give you your space when you need it, but I will always be here for you. And I respect your uh, respect your position on how you feel, and um, you have every justifiable right to be angry because I didn't protect you, and I should have. You know, we're coming full circle, and she's ready to see you now. And I think it I think it's going to be a very uh, healing time for the both of you. Yeah, me too. Um, and so for anybody out there listening, you know, if you know somebody that has dealt with uh, or is dealing with sexual abuse or if you yourself are dealing with sexual abuse, uh, here's the National Sexual Abuse Hotline. So you can uh, make that phone call and, and get some help from somebody. Uh, you know, a lot of the times these, um, you know, people that perpetrate these these types of behaviors and, and you know, uh, atrocities, uh, you know, they like to threaten that they're going to hurt somebody or they're going to hurt somebody that you love or someone that's close to you. Um, but a lot of times that's just threats. You know what I mean? Don't let that stop you from going and, and seeking help because the moment you speak up, I guarantee you, nobody's going to, nobody's going to hurt anybody. You know, it's just all, I mean, there may be some that do, but you know, I think that the, I think a lot of it is just threats. Fear is a very powerful way to control people, extremely powerful. And when you're living in it as deeply as we were, you become submissive to, uh, to their control. It's not easy. It is not easy. Yeah, I agree too, Pamela. In the meantime, we're just going to focus on her healing. And it's just, everything's just going to flow naturally. I mean, she's already creating those TikTok videos and and she's sharing her experience, but she's also sharing her light and she's sharing her uh, journey of healing that you can come overcome this. And we've only been 21 months out of this. It has, that has not been very long at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean... I look back at these last seven years and it's just like I was duped, but I wasn't the only one he duped. There's hundreds of people that he duped, but me and my daughter were at the center of it. And where he was leading this, he was trying to build, he he was 
a cult leader, but he was turning something beautiful into something bad and hiding behind it to fulfill his desires. And he did that to a lot of people. That's why and not there's a lot of people that are very upset that uh, he abused his position of power and authority. But the universe works in mysterious ways. As Elizabeth heals from this, as you and I connect, as we help her to rise and heal from this, it now doesn't give that situation power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it sends it back, sends that energy back to the root source. So yeah. all we can do is just sit and wait. And eventually, hopefully soon, we get some news and we can have some closure to this. Because he's, he's about as evil as it gets. I mean, this li- literally this story is right up there with the Jim Jones and Charles Manson story but we are coming out of it surviving and elizabeth is she's going to thrive and if i have anything i mean i will do anything as a mother to help her to find peace and balance and that means getting over my fears getting over my past anger and connecting with you i have no anger towards you i forgive you for everything that we have been through. I truly do. And um, I just hope we can, I, I mean, we are coming together and helping this beautiful child to heal from something she never deserved to experience in this lifetime. Well, I just want to say thank you. I, I appreciate that. It, uh, it feels good to hear that coming from you, um, you know, that you forgive me. And I apologize. Uh, for everything that I put you through, I apologize for abandoning, uh, both of you, uh, cause I did, you know, even though I was there, I wasn't present most of the time. Um, you know, there, I mean, you can even go back to the delivery room. I was, uh, I was G'd out of my mind and I, I, I can't, did, did Gary end up, was he the one that cut the umbilical cord or did I, did I do it? You did. All right. I, I could have swore. Gary, Gary was a family friend, and uh, he was um, a very nice guy. Don't, don't know whatever happened to him, but he, he was a fireman, so he knew what was going on, and he was there to just sh- show support because he's delivered many other babies before, and it, it was very nice of him to um, be there to show support because he saw what I was going through, and he saw what how absent you were, mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, I didn't have family around me at that time, but what's done is done. Yeah, that yeah. was, that was, uh, that's what we both had to experience. Yeah. Um, now, you know, a lot of things make sense now that I, I know what she was going through because there were some things, you know, that just didn't make sense. You know, like, like the mistrust or not mistrust, but the apprehension, um, of, you know, getting to know me and, uh, like there was just things that like that didn't like make sense in my mind and now like everything that that i was questioning before now makes 100 percent sense as to what she's going through or what she was going through you know because some of this was six six months no six years ago four years ago something like that and you like 
four years ago, you were still in, she's still in it, right? We were, I was still in the marriage. We yeah. were still living in that house. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. and all- we still don't have closure. I mean, the, the, the worst part is over. We're not in it. Now yeah. it's just healing from the psychological, the PT, uh, the PTSD that comes with it because the past, um, emotions experience tend to creep in. I know I have a tendency to just something will trigger me and I'll get so angry but I'll address it and then I'll come home and I'll do my yoga or do my meditation and I'll work through it. And then all of a sudden I wake up the next day and it's a different day. It's a new beginning. It takes time, but it also takes a conscious choice to want to address those feelings, address those emotions and um, allow yourself to just heal from it all. Yeah. You know, a lot of people will go to drinking drugs, um, sex, any kind of addiction that is out there to just fulfill that empty void. Those are the things that need to, we need to stay away from and direct that energy towards something constructive to heal ourselves. Talking to a therapist, talking to your friends or your family, somebody who's going to listen so you can just let it out, not keep it all bottled up and suppressed. Even if it's just like, you know, dancing or taking up music or, or, um, you know, finding a hobby, something that you're passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. And so to round it back and to finish this off, um, so I w- the question that I was asking is beginning of that is, so if you're a, a mother and what would you, I know that you said that you can't really know what what was going on but what what would you what would you do differently now and and like i can't it's a question i I get what you're trying no i get what you if i could have done things differently i obviously would have never married him but to be able to see the signs gosh that's a challenging one because You keep it for me. I, I, I did what I could to keep my connection to my daughter. I mean, even under that household. But for whatever reason, the fear overcame her that she couldn't talk to me. And there were times that I would sit down with her and be like, and, and just try to start up a conversation on anything and everything. But I never knew that this is that she was dealing with that. I had no clue. And, and, I can't say, like, um, what could I have done differently? Being more present, you know. But you were, you know, you were working, right? You were working a lot. I was working a lot. I was working five days a week at my regular job, and then I was teaching yoga on my off days and building my online business. And um, So you had a lot of access, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. And then when I would come home from work, he, he was good. He would be like, why, if you, were, you had a hard day at work, why don't you go across the street and get yourself a massage? I'll have a for me for you. Awesome. Okay. I'll be back in a, how, a little over an hour. And those are the times that he had, you know, he had, had to fulfill himself. And... Um, those are the things that make me angry having learned all that stuff. She, 
I had no clue. She showed no signs, none. Yeah, yeah. But it, you know, the other day when I was talking to her, it was really beautiful because she just expressed to me, you know, and, and this one just like, oh my God, that this, it, it, it hit my heart space because when she goes, mom, I can't blame you. Nobody can blame you for what happened. I never spoke up. And we continued our conversation. She shared her, her experience. She, said, she said, uh, shared a lot of details. And of course, inside of me, I'm just like, there's this fire inside of me that's just like, you know, okay, there's nothing I can do about it. It's anger. As it rises up, take a deep breath, let it go, just listen. And that's allowing her to heal because all she needs is to be heard. That's it. That is where the healing comes from. Allow her to communicate and listen. That's great advice. And I'm going to use that advice when, uh, when I meet her, um, you know, next month. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, I, a little nervous. <laughs> Not nervous only just because it's like, damn, I mean, it was so long ago since I saw you. Although I had been keeping track and, you know, seeing pictures. You know, I remember when she had the pictures of when she was doing the, um, oh, what was it? The, uh, uh, zombie. Hula. No, the zombie movie. Remember she was, oh, the, when, she, when she was doing yeah. that zombie stuff. So when I saw all those pictures. Yeah, pictures from that, yeah, and so in a little film. Yeah, so I mean, I've been following her along the way, and then I got a tattoo of her name on it because uh, I knew I have, I have a tattoo of her name on my on my arm, and I got it in prison because I knew I knew I was going to meet her someday, right? Because I would always hear hear that from you know either women or you know other folks, you know, like like you know girls are going to want to know who their dad is, and. I wanted to have proof that I never forgot about you. And so that's why I got it done. And, uh, so when, you know, I ever had the opportunity and I, I sent her a, uh, a picture of it. Um, you know, then just, you know, I told her, I said, look, you, I never forgot about you. You were always there. She's quite the extraordinary young lady. Yeah. Ah, Almost, almost got me. <clears throat> so, um, she has that, she has that tattoo on her, uh, on her ankle of a rose, right? Mm-hmm. She, she asked me, she said, can you, can you draw me a, a picture, a picture of a flower? Cause she was doing something for something. I, I can't remember what it was. And I was like, oh, part of me was like, uh, and then I was like, oh, fuck, man. It was close to my bedtime. And, you know, I was like, I, I got to go to bed. And I was like, well, you know, just do it. Just do it and, and, and do it for her. Well, the, so you've seen the one on her, on her, on her ankle. And I drew her this one, which looks almost like the one on her ankle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. She actually <laughs> She's doing something. I don't know yet. She's going to show all of us because she asked um, myself, my uh, her auntie and her uh, cousins to all draw a flower. And um, 
I hadn't spoken to her in a while and I received that text message. And that was the night I remember I was just in deep meditation, just praying for, you know, her healing and all that. And, uh, it was late at night too. I received that same text message. She sent a group message to all of us. And I remember just crying like, Oh my God, she finally reached out to me. Okay. I'll draw her this flower. I, I ended up drawing like a little lotus flower. I was like, is this okay? And she's like, yes, that's fine. But I was just happy to be communicating with her because, you know, and some time had gone by and we hadn't been talking and I have to give her her space when she goes through what she's going through. Yeah. But now I feel like something has definitely shifted with her as she continues her therapy. And as I continue my own personal healing journey that I'm seeing the effects of, um, as I heal, she heals as you heal and you guys come together I think it's going to be a very beautiful and powerful experience. I'm looking forward to you guys uh, uniting. I really am. Well, thank you. And thank you for reaching out. Uh, I know it probably wasn't easy. Um, you know, you know, you didn't know what my reaction would be. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to have that, those conversations and be able to come to a point where we can, you know, do this, what we're doing right now. And more of an, more as an example of, Hey, look, you know, people change, uh, you know, time, time is a, a, uh, an amazing, um, healing tool, right? You know, time heals all wounds. Yeah. And, you know, you, you get some perspective, you know, put some distance in between, you know, stuff. And, you know, at some point, you know, you can, uh, change, you know, you can change and you can heal and you can, uh, you know, apologize for, you know, the person that you used to be, as long as you're not being that person anymore. And you're trying every day to become a better person you know, and, and an example. And, and for me, you know, it was, you know, my younger daughter, uh, that was what made me want to be a, a better person and to be a, a better example. And, you know, through that, you know, all I can say is that it gave me perspective on how important that relationship is between a father and daughter. And I understand yeah. now what, she missed out on by not having me in her life. And so I can't take that back, but I can definitely try to do the best that I can going forward. That's all we can do. What's happened in the past is in the past. And now we can just take this new beginning and uh, find forgiveness and move forward. Pamela says, this will be great to see where you all are for a year from now. <laughs> baby steps. Gotta, Everything gotta, is gotta, baby steps. Gotta, gotta meet her. Gotta meet her first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's young. She is um, just feisty, intelligent, wise beyond wise beyond her years because of her life because of her life experience. You know what what she's gone through. Uh, that's not many people have gone through that. I don't think. You know, but it does exist. It is out there. Mm -hmm. And she has the strength and the um, fortitude 
to keep moving forward because I know I would always check up on her. Are you still going to therapy? You can't force a child to go to therapy. You have to choose to go to therapy. And she is choosing to go to therapy. She is choosing to heal from this. And she is choosing to talk about it. Now she took a big step and posted something like this to go public. That's huge. That takes immeasurable courage. And she's only 21. And you know the best part about all this is that she has an amazing, loving, supportive boyfriend who has been there. Two weeks prior to us leaving the house, they solidified their relationship to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And he's been there every step of the way, supporting her. He, he is literally her guardian angel, and his, and his name says it all, <laughs> Gabriel Angel. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. And he's a fighter, so you know he's so protective of her. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I told I said yeah. I'd like to meet him at some point. She said you would. I'm like yeah. If it's somebody that makes you happy, why would I not want to meet him? <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of her. I mean, even through all of this, she's she's going to work. You know, she's um, she's doing good, and they're living together and doing the best that they can, enjoying life, being 21. Yeah, 21. Jeez. I remember 21. <laughs> oh, crazy life. All right. Well, I'm going to let yeah. you go. We're, we've been, we've been at this for an hour and a half and I think we've covered about as much as we, we can. Um, you know, I'll definitely keep everybody out there, you know, uh, updated on, on things as they, uh, as they unfold and, uh, you know, check in periodically. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm just happy that I was able to, to, you know, make this happen and that you were willing to come on, uh, to, to talk with me and, uh, yeah. Um, any, any, any parting words before we, uh, check out of here? Oh, I'm, I'm glad we had this opportunity to chat. I mean, obviously we've communicated, but this is the first time face to face and, um, I thank you for doing this i mean everything was raw so it's not like we were able to prepare it so the emotions of of everything coming to the surface and just tapping in to you know what subject came yeah um, i'm glad you're making those steps to finally meet your first daughter it's going to be a it's going to be a very emotional I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, that part I was like, oh, and then hopefully yeah. eventually, I'm sure eventually it'll be nice when she gets to meet the rest of her family and uh, meet her grandma Nikki and Gloria and was it Dan? Yeah, Dan. They're still around. My mom. My mom's getting up there though. She's got, uh, you know, she's. Uh, She's still, she's still kicking. She's still doing good. Uh, she's got a knee that's bothering her, but, uh, you know, she, uh, definitely, uh, wants to, wants to meet her when the time's right. Yeah. That's I mean, when that time comes for Elizabeth. Yeah. That's feel that love and support from your side of the family. Just the healing continues. Yeah. And she's got a sister too, so a half sister. Yeah, yeah. She always wanted to be an older sister. Now 
So I'm excited for her. This is a, a this is a new journey, a new beginning, and a, a chance to um, just start over, yeah. fresh. As we as we come out of this darkness, and it, I see nothing but beauty everywhere for her and for myself, including. All right. Well, I think that's a good note to end it on. So I want to thank you, Angelina. I appreciate you and your honesty. And, um, like I said, uh, even entertaining this because, you know, a lot of people probably wouldn't. So, uh, good on you. (laughs) Um, you as well. So I'm going to pull you out of here and I'm going to wrap it up and then I'll be right back. I'll be, I'll, I'll be with you in the green room in just a moment. Okay. All right. Thanks, Angelina. You're welcome. Wow. All right. Got through that. Um, you know, it, uh, look, it, it's just a testament to when you start doing good things, uh, when your intentions in life turn from darkness to lightness, when you want to start helping people and instead of hurting people, uh, you know, and you're consistent with it, you know, uh, things will start changing for you. Um, you know, if you change your, what's that, what's that saying? When you change how the, when you change how you look at things, the things you look at will change. And that's exactly how, you know, a personal development, uh, journey begins. And, you know, as you, start changing. And as you start seeing things differently, the things that start happening for you instead of to you and looking at things in in that way, um, you know, then you will be able to, uh, truly, uh, find out who you are and be able to start forgiving yourself, uh, at some point along the way. Jesse, what's up, brother? Thank you. We're about to end this. Uh, sorry, you and Jesse's over in Clubhouse. I've got this piped in uh, over there as well um, as the live stream is winding down. Uh, but you can catch the replay, Jesse, on the on my YouTube channel. Also, you can catch it over on Twitter uh, and uh, my Facebook profile uh, as well. So. If you go to my bio, look at my link tree and all of those links will be in my link tree. Uh, appreciate you for stopping by brother. Um, yeah, so we're going to wind this down. Um, Pamela says, thank you both. Uh, rough one, but yes, very good for healing and helping others through your own experiences. Absolutely. And that, and that's what we can do at the end of the day. You know, if you've been through something, if you have something, you know, everybody's story is important and everybody's perspective on, on, you know, their selves and and what they've gone through is different than, than everybody else's. So you never know who you're going to help by coming out and telling your story. And if you have a good story to tell, or, you know, uh, something, a comeback story, a traumatic event in your life or something that you've been through and you want to share it, uh, feel free to hit me up on at uh, nowhere to go but up now at gmail.com and tell me what your story is and you may be able to appear on the podcast. So uh, I think that's about it. I'm going to end this live stream and uh, I hope you guys got something out of this as much as I did and you enjoyed it as much as I did as well. So uh, until next time, keep it 100, stay true to yourself, everything else is just noise.
You've been listening to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Sean is a single dad, a union blue collar guy, and he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved to connect to the show. Book a guest spot. For merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links, go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter at but up now. On the YouTube channel at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.